The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Beyond. 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 That was really nice. Uh, You're really nice. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Podcast Beyond, uh, episode 443. Uh, I'm your host, Marty Sleva. I'm joined alongside Alana Pierce. Hey, what's up? And Andrew Goldfarb. Hey, what's up? Uh, Brian Altano is still at home with family on the East Coast, and Max is at jury duty for the trial of the century. I'll allow it. A man made love to an animal. Yeah, we actually don't know why. We don't it know what Max. It's... Max actually is uh, the defendant. He's on the trial <laughs> yes. of the century. Uh, yeah, so we're running uh, a lean show this week. Uh, Brian will be back next week, but Max will not because he's going to Greece yes. or Germany to, to see Wait. the play Greece. But I he's think going this to... time. It's Greece next. I don't know. Doesn't really. He's matter. doing a travel. Turns yeah. out no one cares. Oh, uh, oh <laughs> sadness. <laughs> uh, so the reason Andrew is on his laptop is very important. Why are you on your laptop, Andrew? Um, I'm looking at pictures of cats. Hey, uh, I'm not really. Much for dogs. Oh, dogs. Well, Thank okay. you. animals. <laughs> For the research on the trial of the century. No, I am. Um, <laughs> oh, God, I don't want to see those pictures. <laughs> I'm actually the lead litigator. No, I am. Um, Why are you here? I am looking at my laptop because uh, Disney, about five minutes before we started recording this, announced that uh, Disney Infinity is canceled. They are pulling out of the self-publishing business entirely, and they are um, switching to a licensing model, which means there will still be games with Disney properties, but they won't be made or published by Disney is, is kind of our current understanding and of it. This, this happened five minutes ago. Avalanche so has been closed, right? Yes. That's so a Avalanche, that's been around for like 20 years. Not to be confused with the Avalanche that makes Just Cause, uh, the Avalanche yeah. in Utah that Avalanche, made Southway Disney Infinity. In uh, they're gone. Yeah. They're Which gone. is insane. Like, I mean, they've worked on games for like, I'm pretty sure it's 20 years. I don't remember exactly how long. Well, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you were there time. a month or two ago? I was there two months ago in Utah shooting a documentary about how Disney Infinity toys are made. I met tons of those people who were like super passionate about what they did and had basically studied and gone through like a Disney specific school their entire lives to be able to design Disney characters basically for video games. And it's like, does that not exist anymore? Like, yeah. what I mean, happens we don't to know. all those people? My, uh, my gut is that Hopefully Disney is smart enough to continue the toy line, like that art style could ah, lead to something. Yeah. So maybe some of those people find um, like Disney, not Disney Interactive, but Disney jobs, proper. like yeah. you know, Disney so. proper. Yeah. But yeah, the whole we'll thing see. is it's it's super sudden because but, last I heard it was selling really well. Yeah, it was the best selling toys to life at, yeah. at a certain point. Maybe that's, um, <laughs> maybe I mean, that's telling. The the difference True. is that uh, Disney really really made this robust game around it and obviously Skylanders does too or something like Nintendo like yes Amiibos are compatible with games but they're not there isn't an Amiibo platform there isn't like Amiibo the game that is the thing you buy these for Um, so I think Nintendo's profit margin was probably a lot higher because they're selling a bunch of toys without really putting in those that separate dedicated development cost but we'll see Uh, so yes I do my laptop Uh, if something urgently breaks out of that there's a small chance I'll run out of the room but it'll be very dramatic and mm-hmm. Marty will make be a cool very exciting. trial of the century joke, probably. Yep. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to do a two-person podcast, which has never been done in the history of PlayStation. <laughs> I think Not that's true. a lie. That was a joke. Uh, Greg and Colin do a two-person podcast. Yes. Uh, ah, very good joke. Back in the day, it used to be called a fireside mm-hmm. chat. Really? Fireside. The president used to do fireside chats. Mm-hmm. Well, that. But Podcast like Beyond used to do fireside chats. 
I don't know what's happening, but that's fine. Uh, uh, anyway, Uncharted Four. <laughs> Speaking uh, of chats, we are uh, recording this on Tuesday. This is Uncharted Four day. Um, dun, 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 dun. Kiss by Rose on oh, a grave. Um, so yeah, Uncharted Four is out. Uh, our review in progress is out. Uh, last week, Brian, Andrew, and I recorded a spoiler-free forty-five minute-ish uh, impressions episode where we told uh, everything we thought about the game. All of that still stands uh, with us. Alana, you got to play a little bit of it, right? Yeah, I've played like two hours, mm-hmm. and uh, from what I played, I loved it. Yeah. And uh, I was totally amazed by how beautiful it is. I absolutely think it is the best-looking game on a console. I think it's better looking than The Last of Us. Um, oh, yeah, totally. Definitely. And I also was just super impressed by the animation, the dialogue, and the voice acting. Like, I was super impressed by it, and I cannot wait to play more of it. I just haven't had time, unfortunately. Yeah, we've um, had like legitimately two copies in the office, yep. and so and uh, like every second of their time, it's well, like and it's funny. Like Max burned through it in like two or three sittings in hopes of being on the show today, and yeah. then he that did that thing to that animal. Uh, <laughs> but uh, why you think it so I I didn't listen to your episode because I try to avoid being influenced by mm-hmm. anyone, even friends or people on the internet about a game before I completely finish it but I know that you guys had problems with um, it dragging on for too long or parts of it being overly long yeah, and I'm... I even recognized that in the first hour in the tutorial mm-hmm. it was like I was like huh this is a weirdly large amount of climbing for a small thing and that, yeah. that's something that occurred to me really quickly in the game but I dismissed it as but I don't care because the animation's really good and the dialogue's really good and I care about what they're saying so I was fine with it yeah. and I, uh, I'm interested to see how that will develop as I finish it hopefully this week to see if I will still be fine with it the whole way because it's excused by good dialogue uh, which is really important to me mm-hmm. or if I get annoyed with it and think it yeah. drags on and it's like a lot of people were focusing on the, the complaints and problems we had with the game all of us still think the game is incredibly great like I think Uncharted 4 is awesome yeah. I just played it for two hours on a stream with Naomi and I was like oh my god this all this is so incredible yeah, yeah the set pieces the puzzles um, but I think game. even that said like you can, uh, I you like can, that we all have different opinions on it, yeah, at least a little. Max is... Max loves it. Max adores it. Yeah, like, Max think, didn't have a single bad thing to say yeah, about it. It seems like Brian likes it the least. Mm-hmm. Max yeah. likes it the most, and you guys are kind of in, in the middle. I yeah. think, yeah, I think I'm probably like a smidge more towards Max, and you're probably a smidge more towards Brian is maybe the impression I get. But it's, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I think, like... It's that weird thing where people online got, like, Lucy reviewed it for us, and people got very angry. Um, but, you know, I, I think ultimately, like... We all really like the game. Like, even our most negative comments are nitpicks for something that we are really enjoying. And you know? you're allowed to criticize something you love. Exactly. That's, like, the most important thing, right? If you yeah. like something, you should criticize it to make it get even better. Like, it doesn't yep. mean you don't like it. I, I hate that. But yeah. I also think it is worth talking about um, the criticism that parts of it drag on for too long. Like, in a way that's not spoilery, I know there are parts of the game where even the characters will refer to something mm-hmm. taking too long. They'll be like, yeah. oh, another one of these? Yeah. Like, when yeah. that happens, you know... Which is, like, cute you know, the first time, but the third time, you're like, all right, well, the why The studio is aware of this? it then, yeah. right? They're like, oh, this went for too long. What's yeah. it called? Um, Lampshading? Lampshading. Uh, yeah. Yeah, where you acknowledge the problem to try to address what uh, the audience will say. Yeah. 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 Which, I mean, doesn't fix the problem but again it i think it depends on andrew's the individual. googling lamp shading right now oh, i'm actually, googling, I'm actually lamp googling mass effect andromeda <laughs> oh okay uh, it's relevant. actually been Highly renamed relevant. mass effect lampshade <laughs> uh so yeah by the uh obviously anyone who's listening to the show probably went out and bought the game today and is probably enjoying it um and by the end of the week weekend beginning of next week we're gonna have a full spoiler cast we also are expecting lucy's full review at some point yeah because it was a review in progress just because she couldn't uh, play the multiplayer play the multiplayer which the multiplayer Uncharted 3 and The Last of Us was a huge part of the game. Same thing in 4. I really like the Uncharted 4 multiplayer. Yeah, and Lucy's really liking it too. So, um, yeah, we'll have our full final review soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably talk about it more next week when Max and I have also finished it. Will Max Max isn't going to be here. God damn it, Max. Uh, Stop assaulting animals. Vintage. I mean, that's the whole thing. (laughs) He assaulted so many animals, he's getting sent to Greece or Germany. Question mark? One of those animal assaulting (laughs) places. Um, something we can talk about is uh, the Battlefield 1 reveal, mm-hmm. which happened... Oh, like the one that came out way back in the day? Yeah, yeah. 1? No, no, that yeah. was 1942. And then oh, Vietnam. Oh. Colloquial, known, <laughs> known as Battlefield 1. Um, yes, after much uh, uh, speculation and leaks and hype and discussion uh, on this podcast, Battlefield 1 was revealed, and yes, it is a World War One game. Yay. Um, Didn't and, it, like, Battlefield... 
World War One. I? I understand. Yeah, you it's weird. It? That's the number one. So the numeral. we've been having so many conversations about this this week. I, what they're going for is that there's already Battlefield Two. There's already Battlefield Three and Four. What they're saying is none of those would exist without the. I guess the way that war evolved during World War One. Yeah, it's the first so modern saying, war. Canonically, this influences the other battlefield games. I mean, that's is that their ridiculous? That's that's their line? Their, yeah, that's their like, line of that's logic. Absolutely, I don't think that's their line of logic. That's just them being fancy. They're like, yeah. oh, we need to call it this and then excuse it by being yeah. philosophical. And it's like my first reaction was like, well, how do you make a sequel to a game called Battlefield One? Because there's already a Battlefield Two. But I think their answer to that is, well, that's the point that this came before all those other ones. But I'm like, well, no, like the next that is the next one sense. called Battlefield Five. Then? I mean, a lot of games are moving away from numbers anyway, yeah. so maybe yeah. AC's you know, moved I mean, away from technically, numbers. Battlefield 1942 and, and Vietnam were one and two, but they didn't have yes. numbers. So well, and that's why I think everyone thought this would be called Battlefield colon The Great War or whatever, yeah. like something. Or yeah. just Battlefield Five. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, I find it so it's strange. It's dumb, but I also think it doesn't matter so much. Like yeah. we already are familiar with the name. Everyone. He knows what you mean when you refer to Battlefield 1. There's no confusion, so it's effective. Yep. Um, but and that's I'm like also pretty saying. excited about it. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, in the reveal, they announced the game's coming out uh, October 21st. Mm-hmm. And uh, they showed a trailer that was... Uh, it was they said it was in-engine, but it's definitely not... I don't... I take that with a grain of salt. When they, I mean, I don't well, take it in... I don't take it with a grain of salt that it was in-engine. Yeah. Uh, but being in-engine uh, means that... In engine, in engine, in engine. <laughs> being an engine, being no, nope, don't just, just being move engine. on. Uh, it, it means that uh, you're able to have, you're skin. able to have. What did you say? I said steer into the skin. <laughs> that's not what I heard. Um, what do you hear? <laughs> nothing. Moving on. Uh, it doesn't mean that that's indicative of what the actual game is going to look because you have to render an entire world as opposed to these shots where you're just able to render certain things that you're viewing. Uh, that being said, I almost knocked my entire coffee over. Uh, the I thought the trailer was super cool. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah, it totally is. I mean, it was also helped by the fact that it came after Call of Duty Infinite Warfare's trailer, which yeah. was boring and overly long. So yeah. in comparison, it was like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, they had the, like that cool remix of uh, Seven Nation Army. Seven Nation Army, which wasn't a crappy cover, it was a remix. Yep. So it was still Jack White. Which yeah, is and nice. it's, it's nice walking away from a trailer that. being like, oh, I want to see more of that. Totally. Yeah, like, which I is would what rather have should that. do, right? Yeah. yeah. And yep. It's so often screwed up. Like, Batman v Superman is a perfect example of that. I mean, yeah. Not to do a trailer. Yeah, yep. exactly. Whereas the Battlefield 1 trailer was super pretty and. For whatever reason, I really care about World War One, and I said this last time, but it's like, I really hope that it does the brutality of that war justice. I mean, all wars are brutal, but I really hope that they don't keep out trench warfare or... It doesn't seem like they are. I mean, that, like the, the trailer showcased like stuff like mustard gas. It showcased uh, biplanes. It showcased the, the physical, brutal combat. Uh, yeah. yep. It seems like you're going to be... Uh, they almost said, it, I think the game is doing what I want from every game. It's going to tell multiple stories. It's yeah. gonna have. It's gonna be a series of vignettes. Like Valiant, Valiant like Hearts. Like Valiant Hearts. Yeah. yeah, that one of them won't be a dog though. Well, the dog was all of them, right? You don't know. No, I do know. I as long as Max, you don't know this video game. As long as Max isn't there, it's not a good running joke. No, this is terrible. I, I do think yeah. uh, the weapons will be the most interesting part to me. I yeah. think um, the type of, especially like ranged weapons and um, like automatic weapons you get used to in a shooter, especially, it'll be really interesting what they replace that with. I'm still imagining in multiplayer we'll see some anachronisms, like we'll see some like crazy machine guns or whatever that you can unlock late in the game that Probably. sort of break the illusion a little bit, yeah. but just allow you to have the mechanics you would expect. Because otherwise, it's like if there are all the, if there's like wall running and kind of the things that you're expecting from Black Ops Three or Titanfall in Call of Duty, and then you go to play this and it's very slow paced, that would be the biggest departure for Battlefield in a very long time. Yeah. That's I mean, true. It definitely didn't look slow paced. No, like not it at all. looks like it's taking the elements that are historically accurate and injecting them with steroids. But that's the thing. Like mm-hmm. it, it looks fast paced when you're up close and personal. I, we don't know what ranged combat looks like yet. And you'll have tanks and all kinds of artillery and mm-hmm. stuff. So I guess it's maybe that. Maybe it's you rely more on the vehicles. But um, it's still that really interesting. Like, well, what does that mean for you know? Like, can you get some kind of weapon? Because I like am far from an expert on World War One weapons or anything obviously like I, I don't know what you know existed in that time you have so many rapiers <laughs> is this one of the weapons it's one of the things here no, you get a spike just, baton a just, french you know. shovel and a rapier yep that's in engine so far in engine 
Um, yeah, I think the things that I'm most interested in are stuff like mustard gas, and I know it's going to have gas masks as well, like mm-hmm. how they'll be used as a mechanic. I think like, all that, that could stuff be, is really interesting. The gas mask stuff could be terrifying. Totally. Like, could you imagine, like, like, it would almost be like a drift where, like, yeah. your breathing gets heavy and, like, your field of view is limited. Yeah. It made me think of Metro, uh, like Metro 2033 oh, and Last man. Light. Oh, man, that'd be so good if they used it like Metro. Yeah, I, I can totally see them doing that, at least in the campaign. I mean, we don't know... Man, like, it would be crazy, like, deploying gas in multiplayer and disabling an entire team is yeah. insane to me. Like, I think yeah. they could do a lot of really, really interesting stuff, so. Yeah, I wonder how they'll use trenches in uh, yeah, multiplayer. Like, are you going to be digging a trench? Yeah. Can you dig a trench all the way to the center of the earth and find the Molman? Probably not. Yeah, I believe that's what World War One was about, yeah. actually. Yeah. I mean, the, that was the, the search for the Molman. Yeah. The yeah. Ottoman yeah. Empire was trying to harness the power of the Molman. Exactly. Yes. Yep. Um, you'll be going to places as, such as France and Italy and the Arabian Desert. Um, yeah, and it said you're going to be following a bunch of different characters, uh, and they've sort of said they want to present a wide spectrum of stories that often go untold. Like the Harlem different Hellfighters, which is really cool. Harlem Hellfighters, which was uh, a group of African-American soldiers. Uh, they said they want to focus on uh, like the, what women were doing, like, the, how, like you know, the, the untold stories, which I think is super cool. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. Um, yeah, yeah and like, I mean, Valiant Hearts actually completely does do that, but the story of the nurse mm-hmm. character yeah. was very interesting and Totally worth seeing more of. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, this is—it's an interesting juxtaposition between what we saw a couple yeah, days before. We do beforehand. say interesting a lot. Yeah, we say interesting. Yeah. Evidently, juxtaposition, nebulous. Just deal with it. We talk a lot. <laughs> and sometimes we say the same words. Mostly to each other. Yeah, it's so, pretty bad. We need to yep. spend more time apart. Interesting. Um, it's really interesting. So evidently, <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, yeah, I thought the uh, the infinite warfare reveal. I, it wasn't nearly as good as this. I liked the second half of the trailer a lot. Yeah. Like once you got to space, I was like, oh, this looks different. Yeah, this totally looks cool. Why didn't they I'm just, totally just down have for that? It. Yeah, but then all this, there's all this insane stuff about how uh, uh, Battlefield has become the most upvoted trailer yeah. in, on YouTube and Call of Duty has become the most downvoted. Yeah, so which there were a few people really that I spoke to on the um, Beyond YouTube channel in the comments who were like saying that Call of Duty fans don't want this future stuff and obviously it has tons of dislikes but it's like but then why do you keep buying them like I mean also people just keep buying them I think it's a vocal minority that doesn't really want it because I think the game is still going to be the best selling game of the year that and uh, the amount of people who leave dislikes (coughs) compared to the amount of people who leave likes like people are a lot more likely to dislike something Mm -hmm. and it's also like it it has 16 million views and it does. It has 1.6 million dislikes. That's still 10%. You know, that means 90% of the people who watched the video didn't like or dislike it. Yeah. Yeah. How many likes does it have? 298,000. Oh. Wow. That's a thing. But, I mean, it isn't a good trailer, to be fair. Yeah. It's also like, I don't, yeah, it's hard to say what people want because the sales kind of disagree. Yeah. I also, guess. I really have a feeling just sure gut check like we don't know anything yet but i really think that we have seen a very good chunk of what uh battlefield one is like obviously there will be multiplayer modes and maps and things we haven't seen yet but i think we get it more than we get infinite warfare i have a feeling there's probably because like in that trailer you're going between planets and there's a lot more to it that i would imagine could make people care more i think like if it's not yeah. just call of duty in the future if there's some twist to it if you're if it's halo but good I mean, yeah. I mean, I love Halo, but I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I didn't like Halo 5's campaign. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm bummed. I haven't played. I still haven't played Halo 5's campaign. It's the only Halo campaign I've played. Yeah. Anyway, beyond. Beyond. (laughs) Um, What's up, everybody? I'm Marty (laughs) Sleeper. That's not how I start things, is it? What's up, everybody? Hey guys, I'm Marty. Hey everybody. (laughs) What is that? That's I do. I do. You you do a wave. Yeah. Shut up. Hey guys. Speaking of great trailers, Marty, what's next on the list? Uh, next up, we are talking. Hey, I'm Marty. We are talking about Persona Five, I guess. Andrew. Andrew, the floor is yours. Oh dang. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So on uh, fittingly on May fifth, we got an uh, event live from Tokyo Tower, which is a really big place in Japan. What do you mean, what do you mean fittingly, fittingly on May fifth? Five Five Persona Five. Oh. Uh, they announced. <laughs> they announced uh, the right is it? <laughs> Japanese release date of. <laughs> Persona 5, uh, we saw a new trailer. We met some new party members. They revealed a whole bunch of stuff. Um, that's really exciting. It's, it's the UI, out. dude. The UI looks dude, the UI's so stylish. That game's very, very pretty. And it, it, it's very Catherine-inspired, which makes me really happy. Definitely. That makes me really happy. But the UI is like, yeah, everything they're doing with UI and menus and everything is just so cool and smart. If you haven't seen some of those videos, very highly recommended. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, so they re- revealed that stuff, and the the interesting thing that stuck out to us. I said interesting. That's fine. The <laughs> fascinating thing that stuck out to us. Um, That's was, You're was, was that no, this is coming out in Japan on September 15th, and and that leads to two questions. The first of which is, will this be in the U.S. in 2016? And then the no. second of which, yeah, I, I, I agree, it probably won't be. The second of which is, what does that mean versus Final Fantasy? And then if this is coming in the U.S. in Q1, what does that mean versus Mass Effect, which we got officially confirmed today will be an early 2017 game. Um, that's a Western RPG, obviously. I but still we're think there'd be a up, lot of overlap there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I think any, like, even time investment-wise, even if yeah. there aren't gameplay similarities, sure. like, if you're going to put 100 hours into a game... Like, in Final Fantasy, is going to get a lot of people in September. Yeah. But what does the next six months look like at that point? Because um, Horizon is also a game that we're theoretically getting this year that rumors are saying maybe 2017. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get that game yeah. this year. I don't think so either. But if that's a Q1 2017 game then versus Mass Effect and... And from what we've mm-hmm. heard uh, from Horizon is that it's secretly a lot more RPG-ish than yes. you think or than they originally showed. God, mm-hmm. I think that game looks awesome. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, one totally. of the, that was one of the best games. But I, I also think year. Persona 5 looks awesome as coming from someone who's never played a Persona game. Like, yeah. I, from what you showed me, I think... <laughs> stop. <laughs> stop. I think it looks really, really good and I actually do want to play it. Like, in, the, in my head just then, I was weighing up like Mass Effect or Persona or Final Fantasy and I'm like, no, I have to play all of those games. <laughs> that's like, what's weird. And, and, you know, and that's not even counting, you know, whatever... Watch Dogs and Titanfall and whatever else is probably coming this year. I think uh, time always becomes an issue. Last year, obviously, with Metal Gear and The Witcher Last and year was Fallout. Huge year. Yeah. yeah, we had we had kind of a similar problem. That's why I but... got tendonitis. Oh no! Legitimately, those games gave me tendonitis. Too much gaming. Yes. I think uh, there was less, a little bit less uh, genre overlap there. Fewer I think, genre overlap. I hate you. I think <laughs> the people who were really, really, really into Metal Gear, um, obviously could like The Witcher and Fallout, but they were a little more... There was more variation there. They are very yeah. different, yeah. Whereas I think Persona and Final Fantasy have much more direct overlap. Yeah, I think there are yeah. fans of both of those franchises, too. And I think a lot of those folks might also be fans of Mass Effect. Just, yeah. you know, as as three of the biggest RPG franchises of the last... I mean, Final Fantasy is 30 years, but the other two are the last decade, 20 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'll be really interesting seeing what this looks like. I think um, right now Persona is very, very big in Japan. They're, they just announced another set of stage shows. Um, Persona Three still has movies coming out, and that's that's like a ten year old game by this point. Yeah. There's um, there's that really good Vine. There's that really good that Vine that cool Chris Persona made. James there was that cool snowboarding thing that you have things. Oh, uh, the Persona Snow Festival. There was yeah. the Persona Snow Festival. I mean, that's what's weird. Persona is a cultural phenomenon right now. What my friends like. I appreciate that. Uh, Persona is a <laughs> cultural phenomenon right now in Japan, and since it became that big, there hasn't been, like Persona Four Golden came out and did very well on mm. Vita, you know, proportionately to what you would expect for for that install base. The PS4 is huge right now, yeah. and also uh, in Japan at least, Persona is coming to PS3, which is really interesting because that install base is obviously gigantic as well. Huh. So mm-hmm. in Japan, I think we'll see. Pretty good sales for this, even right before Final Fantasy. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in the West. Because, you know, obviously, Vita, like, Persona 4 Golden is among the top-selling Vita games. But that doesn't really mean anything because so few people own a Vita. So yeah. it'll be really yeah. interesting, especially in the wake of Final Fantasy, to see what's happening with, uh, with Persona yeah, 5. Yeah, I mean, I can't... We're going to get the American release date at some point soon, right? Or the West I would assume... Date. So they also confirmed this. Uh, Persona 5 will be at E3. That's the first... North American event it will technically be making an appearance at because uh, yeah. there wasn't you know I think has I believe there was a montage at uh, PSX but has it been in Japan has it been in a Japanese uh, TGS right yeah they revealed a bunch of stuff at TGS yeah um, I mean I could this event see it on being Oscar. on Sony stage yep and then releasing a date like I, I my gut tells me it's not this year like you said mm-hmm. I mean it'd be crazy if it was and also that'd probably be good for Sony if rumors of uh, Horizon being next year, and then uh, I mean, Last Guardian's still on track for this year. But I if feel like competing with Final Fantasy is suicide. It's weird, right? I mean, Final Fantasy has been, especially after thirteen. I think its its relevance has fallen a little bit. Totally, I think but fewer people, people can people... carrying it now. Yeah, that's the thing. Care. Fifteen is a very big upswing. 15 I think people could are be the thing that brings Final Fantasy back to its former glory. I, I think. think they're counting on it. Yeah, and and that's why it's so interesting that they're. Darn it! <laughs> that's, oh, why dang. that's why it's such a uh, a a thing, a nebulous, fascinating, <laughs> mesmerizing. Evidently, uh, that, that's why it's worth comparing. Though I think that, it, like right now, we have uh, 
we have this weird JRPG like battle being set up that I don't think we've had in a long time because traditionally it's like Final Fantasy is going to win. I don't think Persona 5 will outsell Final Fantasy worldwide, but in Japan will be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, well, Final Fantasy is multi-platform. In Japan, that doesn't matter because you know where Xbox One games go in Japan? Literally behind the PSP games. Yeah, like, that's what's so insane. PS1 games yeah. we saw. Like when we were in Japan, wow. just anecdotally, yeah. we were in a store that had... Uh, Gigantic uh, PS3 display, gigantic or PS4 was obviously front and center. Yeah, gigantic, gigantic 3DS Vita. display, gigantic Wii Wii U, a uh, little bit of Vita, and then literally in the very, very, very back corner of the store, there was a row of PSP and a row of PS1, and then behind <laughs> that, there was a tiny little shelf of Xbox One, that Xbox had, like, 360 games. Break. Yeah, wow. it was insane. Yeah. So I don't know, I don't know what that looks like. I, I'm Really, really excited to see how this franchise does. And I'm especially excited, like, aside from everything else, at E3, I think, we'll finally see uninterrupted gameplay. I think we'll get a proper gameplay demo rather mm-hmm. than just a trailer oh, showing snippets. Also, uh, the one game we don't have on here, Nino Kuni 2. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, that's good. and the, yeah, that's the thing. Nino Kuni really 2. Like and so also, I mean, you'll roll your eyes at me, but Dangarampa 3 uh, is coming to PS4. It's not just a Vita game anymore. And, like, all of those It's niche. not just a Vita it, game. This ain't your mom's thing in Rampa. But that's the thing. Like, mom's alone on Vita Island. <laughs> there are so many uh, console JRPGs this fall. And yeah, some of them are more niche than others, but it's a, it's a crazy competition for your time and your money. And mm-hmm. I, I really think Final Fantasy will come out ahead, but I think Persona 5 will make a bigger dent than people expect. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think uh, we can all agree that this fall is going to be interesting. <laughs> What specifically Evidently. is interesting about it? Uh, this is going to be uh, a, a meteor shower. Oh, that is very interesting. Yeah. They're going to raise the interest on, on games. Uh, so <laughs> next up we're talking about Resident Evil 7. How bum, does Capcom make Resident Evil great again? Yeah. Um, That's just I my so. working headline. Yeah, and you was, <laughs> I said it very dramatically. How well, does I mean, Capcom make Resident Evil great again? So let's... Look at this, right? I guess Resident Evil 4 is probably the last thing considered to be a, yeah. a great yeah. Resident Evil. Well, and game. so read where this is coming from. Capcom's <clears throat> recent oh. fin- financial results include a mysterious reference to the company's plans for Resident Evil series. It was spotted by a NeoGAF user Chobel uh, that said Capcom's most recent investor reports tease a full scale offensive for the Resident Evil series, possibly indicating the release of at least one more Resident Evil game besides the upcoming Umbrella Corps before the end of the financial year on March 31st, 2017. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, Capcom in an earnings call uh, said that this that Umbrella Core, which is releasing right after E3, is just the. Is that how you say that? Is that core. not said corpse? Yes. Wow. That's fine. Roll, roll through it. I didn't know that. Um, and uh, that's just the first game in what they're yeah they're calling quote a full scale offensive of Resident Evil to last through the fiscal year, which is the end of March 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this leads us to question: Is there? What's going on with Resident Evil as a series as a whole? Like, we know that they're working on that Resident Evil 2 remake. Yes. We know that's something Capcom's working on. I mean, the remake of Resident Evil 1 was the start of last year. That was really good. Yeah, I mean, the re-release of the remake. Yes, that, yeah. was, a, that was a thing that happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But honestly, you have to figure... Look, I, mean, I just don't care. You know, I just don't care about Resident Evil anymore. See, I, I feel like I won't care until I see something that makes me care. Something like, that's it, like one or two. I'm definitely paying enough attention that if they release some crazy trailer, they could get me back. Yeah. But yeah, like I, Umbrella Core and all these I mean, spinoff games. Hey, you know what's, what horror series totally lost its luster? Silent Hill. And you know who won us back? PT? Silent Hills. Yeah, that totally won us back by that doing a single smart. That is true. This article, this came out in October of 2015. It was something I wanted to address as well. Yeah. Yeah. Resident Evil Studio focused on virtual reality. Oh. So back at, um, when, huh. where did this come from? There was a, a earnings report in late 2015 where um, there was a quote that said, At present, we are focusing our energy on challenging the virtual reality game market. In this terrifying world, you can twist and turn as you like, but there's no escaping the creatures closing in on you until you remove your VR headset and return to reality. Uh, we deliver this very experience, this very experience with our kitchen VR technical demo at E3. The response was excellent. Wait, those guys at the kitchen? Yep. Oh. Yeah. So that was the uh, Resident Evil team. He right. says, currently we're building a new game development engine able to support VR, which is the hottest market right now, while simultaneously developing titles for current-gen game consoles. We have just set sail on our latest voyage. Hmm. So that was coming from October 2015. Oh, so it's going to take place on a boat. It's going to take place on nice. a boat. Uh, th- so this is interesting for two reasons to me. Obviously the VR focus, because I think it would make... Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> this is relevant for two reasons There's to me. There's a new Beyond Drinking game. <laughs> uh, also, if I say um or like, we'll all be dead if we drink. But no, yeah. I, I, I think like the VR stuff 
whatever, like uh, that market is really crazy and and you can experiment in a lot of ways. I like how they say hottest. Like that's such a vague <laughs> term. Like people are interested in it. I mean, yeah, everyone's just, talking people about People sweat VR. a lot when they wear those helmets. <laughs> but uh, the, the bigger thing to me is that this is coming from October and they say we have just set sail on our latest voyage, meaning this may have been that's development for doing. a while. Yeah. Um, and to Marty's point, like this is something Marty's been saying all day. I'm sorry. Did, did you say interesting? <laughs> yeah, I did. Damn it. Uh, to Marty's point. <laughs> We may see, maybe we see Resident Evil that gets the Fallout 4 treatment. Maybe yeah. it's announced at E3 and out in the fall. Yeah, I mean, I think that'd be crazy. Uh, I would be totally for a Resident Evil VR game. I would be for that. But for why? Resident Evil? Because he did add its VR. Oh! Yeah. Resident Evil. Evil of Um Yeah, I mean, did you get to play the kitchen demo? No, that's the only one that I haven't played. Okay, so it's very scary. It's yes. not. It's very minimal interaction. Uh, but I, I kind of understand what it is. It's basically like you're sitting in a chair. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. like a cop who wakes up and he's tied to a chair in a real creepy kitchen, and your partner's all passed out on the floor, mm-hmm. and this real scary woman comes in, stabs him, and then you're trying to like you have uh, you're holding the DualShock controller, and it's almost like your hands are tethered. So as mm-hmm. you're moving them, it's like you're moving your hands, and you're trying to uh, cut yourself out of the out of the handcuffs or out of the rope. Uh, but the woman you can hear her she's lurking behind you mm. and it's one of those like I don't want to turn around yeah. it's like I, I, I don't want to turn around and then you turn around she just snarls at you you eventually get your throat slit that's not good don't get audited because that's, that's bad <laughs> yeah uh, sounds very scary though yeah, scary. it is very scary it, it affected a lot of people were there spoops there was a large spoopy. amount of spoops oh, yeah several spoops too many spoops for me I would um, say you spoop so <laughs> I played Resident Evil 1 and 2 and really, really liked them, but a very long time ago. So yeah. I was really happy when Resident Evil re-released last year because I needed that refresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really, like, I played, yeah, haha, I was going to say interesting and didn't, oh, but then I said it anyway. Oh, dang. <laughs> uh, I, I played Resident Evil 1 and 2 way back in the day. I loved 4. Like, at the time, I really liked 4, and then I weirdly played a decent amount of 5 just because it was co-op and I played it with uh, with friends. But I didn't really, like, love it. It was just yeah. something we were doing because it was passing the time, basically. Like, it was, it was a fun thing in the moment. But looking back on it, that's not a game I have any great love for. Yeah. Six totally lost me. Six I played was six, too. So just it. over long and mm-hmm. jumping back and forth and kind of felt like it just lost track of what I think yeah. that franchise was. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's because the creators of the franchise, uh, Mikami, who created the franchise and did Resident Evil 4, uh, is now at Tango. And yep. they last yeah. did uh, Evil Within. Evil Within. Mm-hmm. And then Kamiya, who directed Resident Evil 2, is at Platinum doing Scalebound and Bayonetta and all that. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have those, like, core leaders core who were there from the beginning. It's also just, I kind of wonder if Resident Evil is a format, like the way that it was originally, I don't know if that would work now. Like the way, I, as the evil within it kind of works because that's basically modern Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. But Resident Evil core gameplay, the way that it was, I don't know if it would. Yeah, resonate. I think they need to rethink all of it. Yes. I think honestly, yeah. at this point, like we need a full-on reboot because one of the things that Six got people hooked on was okay, you have Leon, you've Chris, you've everybody, and it's kind of taking all of the characters you know and putting them in one thing. We got that game. Like I feel like we don't need more. Like maybe take Umbrella Core as like a name and let them start something new. And is Umbrella Core the episodic one? No, Umbrella. Uh, that was because uh, I played some of that too. No, that's, no, that's uh, Revelations. Re- Revelations. Yeah, yes. that was Revelations too. Umbr- Umbrella Core is a team-based multiplayer shooter. Oh, yeah, wow. but yeah. I mean, sorry, I mean Umbrella Core as like the the, the organization right, within right, the right, series. Right. Oh, yes. oh, oh, like take that, take that launch something new shouldn't be Leon shouldn't be anyone we've met before like start over I think yeah. would be the best thing for this franchise yep. at this point I mean yeah. I think the I think VR would also be cool but yeah. I think yeah, oh, yeah totally. I, I don't think those, those have yeah. to be separate um, and I think it could be I mean maybe I, I'm really excited for Sony's conference because I really hope we get these games that are really just exciting and cool and they're for PS4 but then they're like or play it in PSVR and it's it's not like it's required it's not like you only buy mm. PSVR for it but there's a VR kind of version of it or maybe VR specific missions or I something like that I don't know how that works in terms of development like that's the thing I don't know how that would function Well and that's that's why this Capcom statement is well, I mean it is interesting I'm I'm taking it back <laughs> Oh it's free to- <laughs> <laughs> um, cuz what it says is um uh, currently we are building a new game development engine able to support VR while simultaneously developing titles for current-gen game consoles. Right. Yeah, that's and what I would have thought they would need to do is build an engine for it because totally don't know much about development. But VR games, because the 360 and regular games aren't, you know, they, I feel like the the world is bent differently. Mm-hmm. Well, like, you're making an assumption that that's the way the game's going to be. You reviewed Kronos, which is totally... That is, it's basically like Resident Evil. Resident Evil. That's yeah. true, where it has like a, a fixed... I don't want to say fixed camera, but a fixed point. 
Yeah, and then it's you almost, control the camera. Your head's from almost them. like a tripod in a room. Yeah, and but, you can't really leave the tripod. I even anymore. wrote in my review of that game that it was Resident Evil expired. Yeah, expired, inspired. So that would obviously Resident, work. Evil. Resident Evil has expired. <laughs> it's the old milk of franchises. <laughs> the old you. milk of franchises in engine. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I've changed my mind. Oh, I said that I didn't care, but now I do care. Yeah. Well, is that, and <laughs> that's what's so funny. That. Like, I, I don't care until I start talking about it. And I'm like, oh, I kind of care. Yeah, I care a yeah. little bit. I would totally play. I I don't want franchises to be bad. You know, it's not totally. like I'm like, haha, Resident Evil fans, like, you get what you deserve or something. Like, no, like, I want everyone to have fun, awesome games. It's yeah. just this thing where, like, I'm so tired of the totally. world they've built. Yeah. And that's why I would love to see a clean slate. And they can do. I mean, that's how I feel about Assassin's Creed. Which yeah. they kind they're of taking have a year done. off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm very. That's another franchise where I'm. I'm just very curious what that will look like. When I it just comes don't back. care anymore. Uh, tomorrow we get the. But if actually, we spoke about it, I'm sure I could. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Egypt, you get to run up a pyramid. What? That's the secret to caring is just talking about it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I think huh? relationship advice with Andrew Goldfarb. Tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Yeah, Aww. I'm the one to ask. Tomorrow Aww. is uh, our first look at the Assassin's Creed trailer for the movie. Yeah. Yes. So very that'll exciting. be a really. It's going to premiere on the James Camel show. Exciting. I think it's going to be interesting. <laughs> you are. If you're listening to the uh, audio version, you should have seen Marty's face just then. But uh, How would no. you have described it? Blank. <laughs> it was very blank. Handsome. Aw. <laughs> Moving on. Kissable. <laughs> uh, Doom Save me. doesn't have any review copies going out before launch. I yeah. think that they're yeah. all going out basically on launch day. I mean, in theory, we're probably going to buy our copy. Yeah, um, so, and uh, this which was, to me is insane. This was their statement. Uh, they claim that Doom is a robust game comprised of single-player campaign, online multiplayer, and snap map. We believe all three elements are important parts of a complete Doom experience and are meant to be experienced as part of a complete package. Oh, dang, I, I couldn't get the snap map. <laughs> since Doom, snap map, and multiplayer modes require access to a server that won't be, prior lo- or won't be live prior to launch, Review copies will arrive on launch day. Man, you know what would have been cool? Reviews have played through the 15 hour single player yeah. campaign. And this is the thing, right? It's that. And just have the embargo be after that. Also, so like, real play. life doesn't. Like, everyone who works at a GameStop store or a Target or anything probably has these in the back room already. Well, there's plenty yeah. of pictures of the game is out in the wild, and so people are just going to be streaming it. And, um, and that's what's frustrating. Like, it comes out in Australia first because of time. Like, I just I don't understand what they. Are thinking other than we don't want reviewers to have it early because it's bad. Look, like that's, that's where my exactly gut goes. Exactly what I think. Uh, in the past, every time that a game has come out, or you don't get a review copy until launch day or after launch day, it's because the game is bad. Not every time. Sure, not every time. Yeah, I'm totally generalizing. Yeah, but, but a lot of times that's yes. a safe bet. And that, I would because even say of that, most. that's kind of what I assume. Yeah, yep. that's what I'm jumping to. Is that it's. I don't know what we've played. Bad. So what? What Jared saw? I think he saw two hours of the campaign and he loved it. So. I mean, I like what I've seen of it, too. Totally. And it's coming from Bethesda. It's not... Uh, but I also, like, I, I understand that statement. Like, I mean, I don't necessarily think it's all that logical, but I understand where they're coming from. Like, we want you to have to review the multiplayer also. We want you to value the multiplayer, and we're not going to have servers up. So, I mean, I get that, but, I mean, it sucks for us. Yeah, I mean, it sucks for us. It's It also sort of sucks for the consumer, because day one, you're like, oh, what did everyone think of the game? Oh, there's z- literally zero scores. Have to buy it to see. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you either buy it day one, hoping it's good, or you wait a couple days until, you know, you read a handful Wh- of reviews. And, and that's where it's unfair, because, like, there are all these cool pre-order bonuses and midnight launches and all these things that it's like, if you want to take part in that, you have to take that risk. And that's yeah. where it yeah. gets kind of, not unfair, I mean, it's not... Obviously, like you should wait. Like honestly, I would always recommend waiting for reviews. And I say that as somebody who has spent a lot of money already pre-ordering Persona Five Special Editions that aren't even in my language. But I just I think that if you if you have any concerns about the game, you should wait for reviews. And I think yeah. this is a major indicator that you should especially wait for reviews. Yeah. And maybe it's great. Honestly, maybe that statement's not BS. Maybe yeah, totally. you really do need to get all parts of it. And maybe it's the Doom reboot we've all been waiting for. But I'm very skeptical. And, I mean, it it totally makes sense coming off of something like uh, Uncharted, where the embargo was beforehand, and 
a lot of sites to put up just straight up scores, and that's I mean, kind of without factoring in the multiplayer and, and we out know in the wild. That they couldn't play the multiplayer because Lucy yeah, couldn't and play. there were like yeah. there were specific like and the multiplayer is really good. Yeah, and there were specific like matchmaking times where they're like, hey, log on, and there'll be some people, but like we couldn't authoritatively speak to the multiplayer until the game is out in the wild until yeah. literally today. Yeah, which um, so, yeah, and so if, that part of it totally yeah. And so if Bethesda is like, hey, this an important part of the game is Snack Chat or whatever the hell it was called and Snap Nap Snap Naps. <laughs> I think oh. it's Snap Fat Faps? Tim Tams. Oh, Jam Shapes. Shapes. Oh. Barbecue. Australian Not the foods. new ones, though. No. Don't talk about those. How come we haven't got to eat Australian things? Uh, they're all... I have them. I'm, we'll bring them in oh, next week. Oh, I'm waiting week. for them to rot under my desk first. Yeah, that gives them extra flavor. <laughs> no, I'm bringing them in next week, and I'm going to make a video of everyone eating them. Can I just eat them? On video, yes. That's creepy. Otherwise, you know, I'll have to record you uh, all eating from my side YouTube taped. channel, which That's is why Marie, White Boys Eat Food. White boys eat food. Yeah, it's very popular. Sounds like it. It's not real. Please don't look that up. Go to whiteboyseatfood.com. I'm doing it. Also, thank you to everyone who uh, reviewed IGN on Yelp. (laughs) Like, we got a ton of reviews (laughs) of IGN on Yelp, which was really nice. Andrew, please stop Googling white boys eat food. Oh, he did it. Oh, no. Uh, Yikes. Yeah, let's let's get out of here. Uh, Problematic. Problematic search results. Do we know who's reviewing Doom? No, like, it was Brian McCaffrey wanted to. Really McCaffrey wanted to, to but he'll be gone. But yep. next week is he'll Judges Week. Yep. Yeah, That's where you so, judge things. Yes. So he'll be at Judges Week for E3. So, I mean, do we know who's doing it? No? You are. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad someone told me. That's great. <laughs> uh, no, we'll see. I, I would I would love to see Chloe do it. I would love to see all kinds of people do it, but it just depends on timing. Why don't yeah. you say my name? I'd no. love to see anyone but Marty do it. Yeah. Honestly, if there's anyone worse than Marty, I can't think of them. Hitler. Oh, yeah, he's oh I just bad. meant for reviewing Doom. I mean, yes, you'd be worse at reviewing Doom. Hitler, Hitler's Hitler's a published author. <laughs> <laughs> and he's probably in hell. Yeah. Yes. With demons. Sure. Um, yeah. Yep. That was great, guys. You did you did very well. I'm very proud of you. Um, um, all right. Now it's on to Rapid Fire. Barpo Fire? which cool. is a segment Bra- in Bra- honor of the late, great Brian Altano. You've never heard Brian say brap I have never heard Brian say brap Hey, everyone, tweet at Alana. He doesn't do it every episode. Charlanazard, if you've heard Brian say brap brap. I have never heard him say that. You're a terrible friend. I think that you guys just, like, maybe he used to say it a lot. It's literally his catchphrase at the beginning of every podcast he does. I think it's a lie. I mean, he doesn't say it at the beginning of this one. I'm going to pick a random episode of Podcast Beyond right now. No, he doesn't. He yells beyond at this one. Yeah. No, he says... He does it at the beginning of every episode of the He says the beginning, and then you go around the table, and you say... I'm Marty Steve. I'm joined by Max Scoville, and Max goes, oh, I like Dragon Ball. And then it goes to Brian, and then Brian goes, brap, brap. I don't think that's... Maybe? I don't know. Anyway, okay, uh, so we have to, some questions. So this is a segment called Rapid Fire. Uh, we uh, go into the Podcast Beyond Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash podcast beyond. Or the YouTube channel, where we're now taking questions as well, which is youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. Yeah, and if you haven't subscribed to that, uh, do that. Alana and I pretty much, we're in the comment section of yeah, every replying, video. Reading literally every comment. Yeah, and we're going to be pulling and... questions from there. Sorry, keep going. I'm, just, I'm listening to uh, Brian's intro. I, no, we can't now. What are you... We're waiting to see if Brian says rap rap. This is really amazing radio. Hasn't happened Wait. yet. Wait, keep going, keep going. No. All right, fine. Uh, Wait. Am I in it? No. No. Are you Miranda? The argument is that I've never heard him say it. Oh, man. Oh, dang. That's the first time I've ever heard that. He does it at the beginning of every episode. I don't know, man. I don't think he does. All right. So, rapid fire. (laughs) Um, We took questions from the YouTube and from the YouTube uh, comments and from uh, Facebook. Facebook? You can leave a question. Uh, Like, Sjord Cock wrote, in the YouTube group. That's what it is. Uh, which upcoming game do you think has the biggest chance of winning Game of the Year in 2016? So I guess starting off, what's everyone's current Game of the Year? Andrew and I, I'm still the witness. Yep, same. Um, but I, th- I think I, I'm still Oxenfree. Oxenfree's also great. Oxenfree's very close I don't think Oxenfree's going to win, though. I'm, no. The more I think about... Like, I, when Oxenfree's on PS4, I'm definitely going back to play it again, for, mm-hmm. for actually for this reason. Because uh, I want to just play through that story, and they added some cool stuff. For me, it's weird because... The more I think about it, Firewatch isn't my game of the year right now, and it's mm. it's in my like top five. It's Firewatch a great game. I think but about Firewatch less than I think about Oxenfree. Exactly. Yeah. Me too. I, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I think The Witness is still absolutely amazing. Obviously, Uncharted Four is going to be a huge contender. Yeah. I think Dark Souls uh, Three. I think of things that came out. Dark I think Souls. those three: uh, Witness, Dark Souls Three, and Uncharted are games. I really yeah. think 
I mean, we don't know yet, obviously, but I really think Final Fantasy XV has a chance. Because totally, yeah. it looks like it Gears. is doing everything right. And yeah, Gears 4 looks yep. gorgeous and, yep. and could also be... Um, I mean, like, it's weird because there are games where pre-launch, if you would ask me, I would have said, like, Quantum Break has a chance, but, like, nah. now I just yeah. feel like no one That's is talking happening. about it in yeah. that way. No yeah. Man's Sky is the big question mark. Yep. Like, No Man's Sky, it could be that. I'm uh, totally not sold on that. that game yeah. Was, yeah. I got unsold on that game because it took a really long time. But the yeah. hype was our fault. The hype was good. <laughs> Someone was very mad at us for hype for the hype on that game on Twitter. Remember yeah, that? people do that on IGN sometimes and be like, stop hyping this thing up. And you're like, we're literally reporting on a thing because it keeps getting yeah. a lot of traffic, so therefore you indicate that you want us to report on it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people around the office are very hot on Overwatch. They yeah. really, really oh, are into it. I'm, um, I'm actually very excited to play that. That yeah. could be up there. Um, I mean, it'd be cool if one of the... I think I'm really If, if UB's either something like For Honor or Ghost Recon or if Watch Dogs does come out, like if one of those is like... AC2 caliber. Or if Titanfall yeah. 2 has like a proper campaign. Like imagine yeah. Titanfall 2 just like yep. I mean I mean I'm I kind of keep forgetting about it and Titanfall 1 was unfortunately so fun to play for a little while but I just put it down really mm-hmm. quickly. I think everyone was the same. That's that was exactly my experience. But man, a multi-platform it's awesome a good year, Titanfall I think, 2 actually. could be great. Yeah. And honestly Battlefield I, I think 1 Watch Dogs 2 will be good. Like Battlefield, Battlefield 1, 1 could be that game I mean, Infinite Battlefield Warfare or yeah. Call of Duty could be if they're amazing. Totally. So yeah. the last time Call of Duty got nominated, I believe was Call of Duty 4, uh, Modern Warfare That's 1. Fair. Yeah. So we'll see, yeah. and, and we honestly, also, we also have smaller indies like like maybe Inside, mm-hmm. if the game from the Limbo team finally comes out, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is amazing. Yep, so Mario and Sonic at the 2016 Rio Olympic Games. Shut up! Stop yeah. looking at he's looking at so much pornographies. Damn it, Andrew! I'm not looking at video game release dates. Oh, that oh, that's like what I'm talking about. Oh, that one is a little bit of pornography. Uh, <laughs> Kyle, uh, oh, Dishonored too. Also, Kyle Heberling asks favorite horror movie. Does Alien count? Alien, if Alien it counts? Count? I think Alien ca- Alien is a great movie. Yeah. Um, I really like The Babadook, which is an Australian the Babadook movie. Babadook was yeah. really good. on Netflix if you want to check that out. I yeah. love that movie. Of my favorite recent horror movies are The Babadook and It Follows. If you haven't seen It Follows, really watch it. It's it incredible. Follows. Amazing soundtrack. soundtrack by Disaster Piece, who did the score for Fez. It um, Follows, and uh, a lot of people like The Witch. The Witch was really good. I haven't yeah. seen that. Um, and then my favorite of all time is the original Halloween. Mm. Or Suspiria, which is an Italian movie with real nice colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next question is from Megan Palmetto. This is for Andrew. In one minute or less, describe the Persona games to someone who knows nothing about them. We're going to time this. Wait. Okay. Oh, dang. Come on, Marty. Oh, dang. My f- I don't have fingerprints. And go. Uh, they're JRPGs. They are uh, set in primarily following high school characters, and they've been set in Japan. Uh, the general idea is that you have these people living their normal day-to-day high school life, but then they get involved in kind of a greater mystery, uh, and they have this weird... Ability to some of these personas, which are uh, these demons from Shimigami Tensei is what they called them, but they're these kind of creatures that you can collect like Pokemon and use to battle, basically. And uh, every character needs to kind of be awakened in order to use that persona is, is sort of the way it goes. I, I don't know where we started, so I don't know how much time I have left. You have 30 uh, seconds. You have 30 the, seconds. The big thing that separates them from other JRPGs, at least for me, is there's a huge like social element to them where you're going, there's like dating and there's like this bonding with people in general. Seconds. So not even necessarily just people who you want to go marry or whatever or other things but also uh, what kind of other things I'm talking about sex Uh, also just people becoming closer friends with people Uh, there's like an old couple in Persona 3 you can bond with there's all kinds of cool stuff and it just feels like a larger more realized world than most RPGs I have a lot of questions Uh, after that yes there are cute animals yes you can play as a dog in Persona 3 you knew what they were excellent Uh, that was really good Uh, (laughs) killed it David Schroeder asks, what current gen game would you like to see demastered for an 8-bit system? We should start with Alana because she was really excited for, uh, for this one. She tried, to, she tried to cut this question. <laughs> I don't want to. And Andrew and I thought this them. question was incredible. Yeah, I think – so in the way that like we saw you know, the early GTAs evolve into GTA 3 and you had to rethink, oh my god, like the scope of this is crazy. You can like visit this whole world. You can do all this stuff. Doing the opposite of that is really interesting, and taking uh, you, like you mentioned, Dark Souls, um, which we're a, getting a lot of these two D like stuff like Death's Gambit and stuff like Eider, yes. which are almost like two D retro inspired games that are pulling those core tenets. There was an awesome like sixteen bit style one where it's only boss rush, like there's nothing. Titan Souls. Titan Souls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a really really cool example of I think what that game would look like. I'd be like any open world game. You mentioned Journey. I think would be a really cool one. Yeah, Journey would be interesting. Like, what would something like would The Witcher be? Just a like sort of JRPG. Like, yeah. would The Witcher play, like, Zelda or, like, Crusader Ascenti? And that's the thing. Like, mm. Zelda 1, and, I mean, it's 16-bit, but Link the Past-style games, like, those bigger uh, open-world games are really, like, it, it's that sense of you had to kind of fill in the gaps with your imagination. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that led to interesting limitations that made them work harder to create realistic yeah. worlds. Whereas when it's photorealistic, 
obviously that requires tremendously more resources and stuff, but it, it also doesn't you don't have to overcome those mm-hmm. like those technical yeah. boundaries. Like if you want to create something, you just show it to people yeah. rather than finding subtle, smart ways to like imply it. A really interesting example of this was Metal Gear Ghost Babble, which was on the Game Boy Color, which came out after Metal Gear Solid and the PS1. Oh. But it took a lot of those elements of Metal Gear Solid, but it played in a top-down perspective like the original ones. But it so it played like the original ones, but it had so many of the interesting ideas and mechanics of the PS1 game, and it was awesome. It's like the secret best Metal Gear game. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That was See, a, great that was a really great question. Thanks yeah, for awesome. choosing it, Thank Alana. You. Yeah, that was such a good question. Thank you to David. You want to read the next one, Alana? Uh, Imran Haji asks, favorite Disney film? The Lion King. I'm just going to assume this is animated movies. You can't be Captain like, America, Wars. Civil War. Shut up, Andrew. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. An awful person asked the question later about it. Oh, man. I really like Brave. I thought Brave was really cute. Yeah. yeah. Oof. Uh, I really like Ratatouille. It's probably my favorite Pixar, but as far as like 2D animated. Oh, dude, Zootopia. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. I, I haven't totally seen Zootopia yet. Yeah. Uh, of Pixar, I would go Incredibles. Of, like, classic animation, yeah, Lion King, probably. Mm-hmm. I like Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. I like Dumbo. I like mm-hmm. Fantasia. Mm-hmm. All good. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Perdue asks, since he, since he isn't there, who is Brian's favorite Dragon Ball character? Alana. Krillin. I think it's Yajirobe. I think it's uh, Dragon Ball. I don't know. I've never watched Dragon Ball. I don't really? know. Oh, wow. But your Dragon ha- Boy is the main character. But so your hair, but your hair in your high school picture looks like a Super Saiyan. <laughs> uh, Greg Sinclair asks, "What is your favorite San Francisco district?" The Mission. Yeah, probably same. The Mission. Yeah, the Mission was my favorite for a long time. I really like North Beach now. I like North Beach. North Beach is pretty. Yeah. I live on Polk yeah. Street, which isn't nice, but it has nice bars. That I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Golden Gate Park is very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soma's terrible. Yeah, not great. No one should live in it's Soma. It's fine. Womp Sorry, womp. Andrew. It's fine. Uh, I did found Soma. <laughs> a in Soma stands for Andrew. What do the S, the O, and the M stand for? Sad. Oh, why'd you go to sad? Why? Yeah, probably sad. You have to ask. <laughs> uh, hey, Alana. Mm-hmm? Alana Pierce asks, hey, guys, can we talk about Civil War? It's no. weird that someone asked a question and said, can we? <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. I don't know who this Alana put. Yes, person. I know pronounced my own name. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of post is, but uh, yeah, I totally want to talk about Civil War. We all saw it. Yeah, yeah, but not all the listeners have seen it. So yeah, without... so we're not going to talk about spoilers. Yeah. Uh, I really liked it. Uh, I prefer Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I think I hold it pretty closely to Guardians of the Galaxy. I saw it for the second time last night. It is my favorite Marvel movie. Wow. Wow. Boy. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I thought the movie was really good. Uh, I thought how it handled Spider-Man and Black Panther were incredible. I thought... Uh, what? Spider-Man was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and It's the best Spider-Man on film ever. And yeah, the, and the reveal of Spider-Man was just... Yep. All of yeah. it was really and great. the airport scene in the middle is the coolest yeah, the superhero scenes, thing ever. I think the, the fighting in it is incredible. Yeah, I think it's the best representation of the huge scope of superhero powers and ever the characters it fleshes out all of the characters really well um had issues with the pacing a little bit and uh it's a little long yeah yeah this or the, it's not even that it's long it's just that some of it seems like it should have been cut like some of it felt unnecessary and even um, as much as i love spider-man like you could technically cut spider-man out of that movie and be fine yeah like it wouldn't change that much so, so my there's... biggest problem with it is the weight it doesn't feel like that movie has a lot of weight or a lot of consequence or a yeah. lot of you know, there's, you walk out of there and you're like, oh, that's a thing that happened. But yeah, you we were talking, anything. it moves the overall plot, like the Thanos thing, forward the least. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like it moves all of the characters the most. Yeah, I feel I like agree. the characters get jostled and you learn more about them. I, I mean, we can, obviously, it's we're going, well, we should go into it more at some point on air. But like for yeah, me, yeah, it's, we could actually. the weird thing for me is like, obviously, this has become a de facto Avengers movies movie because so many people are in it. But it is still very much a Captain America movie, and those titles aren't a mistake. They're not just there to be there. Like I do think, like you will see more weight for the Avengers in an Avengers movie. Like I yes, do think I that agree. this is Cap is the core of it, and for Cap, there's plenty of weight in my opinion. Like I think it's actually like in terms of his story, I think there is a lot of significant stuff that happens. I mean, it's hard knocking into spoilers, but I, I, mean, I think even like, that I kind of don't agree because of a thing that would be a spoiler. But <laughs> like it, 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 he definitely when has Superman a, comes in. It's really <laughs> definitely has good character development. They I guess, all yeah, totally, I but I we, still, again, really liked it. Yes. We need to express that you can criticize something and still just really like, like it. I thought yep. it was great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, yeah, saw some issues. I think we can all agree. It's better than Batman Superman. Definitely better than Batman Superman. Because Max's trial is better. Than Thank Batman you for Superman. that question. A lot of yes. Uh, 
yeah, yeah that was really good. It was crazy that uh, the the person who asked the question mispronounced her own last name. Yeah, it wasn't me. Who She's won? a troubled child. It, it me. It not me. <laughs> it not me. Uh, Christian Verdick asks, "Do you celebrate animal birthdays?" Excellent question, Christian. Yes, we had a party for Max's dog, uh, Peppers, a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. But Andrew did not come to because he's really mean and hates Peppers. But Monty and I, I love both Peppers. Went. I had a previous engagement, and and everyone was dressed up very fancy. It was the most formal party that I've been to in America, and it was for a dog's birthday. Mm-hmm. It's very nice. I once had a relative post a very robust happy birthday to her cat the day after my birthday, which she forgot. <laughs> Oh, Man, you are Charlie Brown. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. On. The cat died. Uh, well, what? you're going to die, too. Oh, dang. Uh, Lana, you want to read the last question? Ryan was... Did you just keep giving me the ones that have difficult last names? No, man. I thought we were doing like a Ryan back and forth. Ryan Zass. I don't know how to was, pronounce this, Ryan. I think Wasatch. Polish. I want to know what is your favorite bad game, meaning a game that most consider to be awful, but you really like or love. Thanks. You guys are awesome. Um... Obviously, my answer is going to be Deadly Premonition. Though, I don't know that necessarily most people consider that to be awful. Like, I mean, yeah. just some people do. I feel like it's just divisive. Like, I feel like the yeah. people who like it love it, and the people who hate it hate it. But while I love that game, I am aware that it is objectively a bad game. Mm-hmm. So I think it is a bad game, but I absolutely adore it. It's probably my favorite game. I don't think I have any that are, like, like uses the word awful or bad. Like, I don't think I have any that people, like, truly think are awful but like i really like the final fantasy 13 series i know a lot of mm-hmm. people don't um i liked eternal Lynch sonata too. on um like on, yeah. yeah yeah kane lynch 2 yeah I kane lynch, wait which one is which kane lynch 2 is the one uh it's got like the steady cam i don't think the first one does that i'm the, trying to the there was one of them i liked one that I didn't. You like the road you run and yeah yeah i uh i like eternal sonata the the jrpg on well adventure came to ps3 but mm-hmm. no one liked that at the time um yeah, that's. Um, I, I'm a sucker for 3D character platformers, and I remember mm-hmm. playing stuff like Glover and Gex 2 Enter the Gecko and uh, Voodoo Vince and Blinks the Time Sweeper that I liked despite knowing full well that they weren't very good. They yeah. weren't in the same caliber of Mario or Banjo or Jack and Daxter or anything like that, Psychonauts. Yeah, I yeah. would get uh, clearance games a lot, so I played a lot of like really weird 3D like crappy licensed 3D platformers that were like probably bad but I spent a lot of time 100%ing because I just mm. took what I could get basically yeah, yeah I mean I also really liked um, I like Banjo-Tooie more than, more than Banjo-Kazooie which I think most people disagree with <sighs> you don't remember Banjo-Tooie you can't talk I'm going to replay it someday. exactly yep. you we'll can, play it on the YouTube channel you no we have to we have to do it for our uh, our annual Christmas Banjo playthrough uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much uh, that was Rapid Fire we did it guys Congratulations. If only f- we knew where the name came from. I just wish I don't understand who would say such a catchphrase. That's why he never says it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make a super cut of Bart Barks. It has I, to be one that I'm I I literally typed podcast beyond and picked one at right. I'll do that too. Okay, we'll do it after the show. But I guarantee I can find you an episode that you were on where he said it. Okay. Maybe uh, you will. So that was episode <laughs> that was Podcast Beyond episode four hundred and forty three. Um you can find us all on Twitter. I am at McBiggity, Alana is at Charlanazard, and Andrew is at Garfep. I'm tweeting a lot of persona stuff, I apologize. That's fine. Uh are you guys working on anything cool that you want to talk about? Man, I was working on a lot of Disney Infinity stuff, but that's been cancelled. No, I, I hope it hasn't been. I hope you keep doing it. That stuff I think is I mean is still some valid. of it's not relevant anymore, but yeah, uh, I'm planning on putting together a all of the Disney Infinity figures ever made. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, which will be cool. And I've actually just been writing a lot of really interesting news on, on the site this week. We mm-hmm. wrote about edible nail polish, which is it was, t- it was uh, yeah. KFC flavored? KFC flavored edible nail polish. And then these cool 3D printed uh, Star Wars character skulls. We wrote about that yesterday. So mm-hmm. there's just like a lot of cool culture stuff happening at the moment. I hit my nose on the microphone. Uh, I normally, I it's never, booping. I'm excited because I cool never, boop? whenever you ask this, I don't have answers, but I have a whole bunch of stuff I've been putting up lately. Um, while we were in Japan for a secret project that we can't quite announce yet, we went to a bunch of cool places and actually made content out of them. Uh, so we've been putting up all these image galleries, these slideshows of, uh, we did a really cool Mario theme bar we went to, we did a Pokemon Center, uh, we did um, a Final uh, Fantasy Two Final Fantasy cafes. Yes, and we did Kotobukiya, which is a cool uh, action figure store. We did uh, I love all their Star Wars you stuff. You went there and you didn't tell me that. I'm sorry. It's like my but, favorite. Sorry. But for the Final Fantasy one that Marty mentioned, there's a VR video in it that's actually really really cool uh, from your phone, from a browser, or from a VR headset. You can 
basically look around the Final Fantasy cafes we were in, uh, and it's it's really really cool. It, it sounds dumb, but just try it. Like yeah, I highly sorry. recommend you try it. Uh, our it, everything. Is in that same article. It's on IGN. It's called Take a Tour of Japan's Final Fantasy Cafes. Uh, and in there, you can find just a really cool um, look at like every every piece of merchandise. It's in uh, Art Neo, which is their store, but then also those cafes and all the cool like statues and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And I also wrote about uh, Tokyo Mirage Session Sharp FE, which is a Wii U game that is basically a, a secret Shimigami Tensei Persona style game that you can read about. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a lot of stuff. We did it. Um, How about you, Marty? We're doing a lot of E3 prep, a lot of feature stuff. Yeah, we are. Um, I wrote a feature on the 10 best secret bosses in the games. They got a really, cool, really cool video component. Um, has Splunky in it. We have the road to E3, which is up now. The first one was Final Fantasy XV. Uh, every day, every Monday through Friday for the next month, uh, we're going to be showcasing a uh, big game that we is either confirmed or that we hope will be at E3. Guess what my game was? What about Hersona? Oh, we made Hersonas in the office. We were trying to find who every male office member's counterpart was mm-hmm. and <laughs> my idea was Marty. Right, wasn't my idea to talk about it ever outside the confines of the office but you all right, all right good weird stuff. Man. Um, so yeah you can uh, send in your questions uh, numerous places beyond at IGN.com is our uh, email address uh, the Facebook group facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond all of us are in there that's where we take rapid fire mm-hmm. um, and then our YouTube channel which is awesome which we're going to start debuting uh, exclusive content like Let's Plays and uh, other things like that in full yeah, maybe, episodes maybe we'll are... even do like a civil war discussion just for there. beyond yeah, yeah. that's cool. a good idea and that's that youtube.com slash IGN beyond yep mm-hmm. and uh, Marty and I are in the comments a whole bunch so you can talk to us on there why is Andrew and, in the comments uh, I don't know. He's a real busy newsboy or something. And I think we like just hit like seven thousand subscribers on there, which is crazy for the amount of time we've had it. So that's yeah, it's only been like two weeks. Thank you to everyone who has subscribed. Uh, Awesome for Alana Pierce and Andrew Goldfarb. I'm Marty Sliva. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week. Beyond. 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 Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.